Today is a standalone teaching. It's, it's not a series. Um, there's a series that is, being, is cooking by the grace of God. Um, but today, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, what would we have us share? What would you have us share? To your people, obviously, I mean, if you, if you, if you've shared at all, maybe in a live group setting or in a small group setting, and you know that the Bible is filled with, it's like a, um, it's like a, um, a mine filled with treasures. As in, where do you want to go? You know, do I go this way? Do I go this way? All Scripture is profitable, you know. <laughs> However, we want. Um, what God is saying to us now. Praise the name of the Lord. So the word, by the grace of God, that we are bringing is um, um, pretty straightforward, and it is a charge, as it were. God is saying to us, I think it was late yesterday night, and um, by this morning, practically I finished the outline, and I've sent it in, and the office were very happy that the outline came in um, pretty early, before noon, thereabout, you know, and, uh, and all that. And it, it, because, I mean, it, the word is straightforward, I probably get it. If you get it, your life will change totally. Um, and it's a charge, it's a challenge, it's, it is, it is, it's a command, it, it, is, it is an admonition. And it is there to seek God. Dare to seek God. I mean, many of us are going through different things. We are in different phases of our lives, you know. And, and what God is saying, or what God has asked me to say to you, is dare to seek me. And, you know, it takes some daring to seek God. It, it takes some um, courage to seek God, particularly when we have a, a myriad of options that the world presents to us and our minds present to us. But God is saying to you and I today, dare to seek me. So the title, do we all have the outline? Okay, so the, the title is Dare to Seek God, there to seek God. Now, um, to open up the study, um, the opening question is this. Has it seemed at times that God is absent? Or if you even think he's present, he's silent? Have you looked at your folders? If you were here last week, you know what your folders are. <laughs> Have you looked at your folders and asked, if you don't know what your folder is, you listen to last week's teaching. And asked, God, where are you in my heart? 
Where are you in my pain? Where are you in my misery? Where are you in my problems? Where are you in my challenge? Has it happened to anybody in this place where you are like, where is God in all this? God, are you there? If it has never happened to you before, that you find yourself in a situation like, where is your God? Oh, Ulufebi Munei. Oh, where is your God? Oh, can I call your name? I've never been in that situation. Let me see your hands up. I've never been in a situation where I'm like, where is God? Okay, everyone in the choir has been. Uh, all the instrumentalists have been. Everyone. <laughs> so we all have been in situations, you know. And as some of us are currently in a situation where even we don't have the courage to say it because, you know, we, we kind of fear God. We don't have the courage to say it, but deep down in our hearts are like, where are you? Oh God, where are you? Now, how do you feel at those points in your life? How have you felt when you were in that kind of situation? Does anybody want to um, share with us? How have you felt? How did you feel when you're in that kind of situation? Since we all have that experience, so I'm sure there won't be any scarcity of, of contribution. Yes, um, Pastor Richard is there. And we take another person, a female. So we take, okay, fine. Uh, pastor Nina. Um, then we take somebody else that is not a pastor. Uh, okay. <laughs> pastor. <laughs> no. Yes, sir. Good evening, sir. <clears throat> so uh, for me, those situations, even very recently, is like, I wonder if I'm applying it wrong. Right. Am I applying the word wrong? Am I praying wrong? Right. Is it that I'm not hearing properly? You know, those are the kind of things that come to my mind, really. Right. What am I doing wrong? Why, why is it that if you if you if they call you in the Bible, even if you call him and he answers, why, why is it that sometimes you're just what am I doing wrong? That's right. Really good mm. Okay, that's the valid um, expression. Yes. Anybody else that not Pastor Roland? Anybody else that's not a pastor? Okay, uh, not a pastor yet. <laughs> okay, give him the mic. Um, yes, Pastor Nina, let's hear you. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I think this had to do with um, a health challenge. And it was like I had done everything. You know, all the manner of prayer I had done. You know, and it was, there was so much pressure. And for maybe a few seconds, just seconds, so, and God caught it. I had a flip, a doubt, you know. And seconds. Seconds, you know. And I think the next day was a tribe. And you said that there's somebody here. God said that you doubted me. You know, I said, ah, God, you caught that. You know, and I had to repent. I had to repent. It, it was such, I said, that means, God, you're in it with me. Amen. You know, so you surely bring me out. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. <clears throat> yes, sir. Good evening, church. Good evening. Um, for me, it wasn't very obvious. 
it just seemed that at a point in time, the urge, the desire to do the things that I was doing before, I didn't have because each time I thought about it, it was, and then what happened? And then what happened? So it took a while for me to actually recognize that um, it was a question of doubting if it made sense or not to pursue God. So um, eventually, when I, it, it, it took quite a while, but when I then right. recognized it, it was then a question of uh, taking one step after the other to get to God. And I, I guess the outcome of that for me now is that because initially it seemed that if you were following God, then everything should be hunky-dory. There should oh, be no right. issues. But the more you go then, it seems that uh, it gets a bit more problematic. <laughs> the beauty of it all is this. And, and that's what we are going to see, you know, um, is the faithfulness of God, you know. That's the beauty of it all. Um, it's, uh, I mean, uh, awesome, awesome. That's, that's the beauty of it all, you know. Um, again, if you hear what Pastor Nina said, obviously for God to, she doubted God and, and she came to tribe and, and God sent the word and said you doubted. <laughs> he said he doubted for a second, for a few minutes. You know, for, so God is in need with us. He's taking us on a journey and we are not about to jump ship in Jesus' name. So we dive straight to our text well, not our text, really. Our, our text is, is, is three chapters, which we are not going to read. I'm going to give you as an assignment. But the, the, the scripture that is my um, encouragement today is Hebrews 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13, 5. It's, it's, and this is God speaking to us. He says, don't love money. Be satisfied. And that's not really where we are going, you know, with what you have. Now, but this is where we are going. For God has said, I will never, I must say never, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. <sighs> you see, this scripture has, has, has been uh, like, has saved me, has helped me, has comforted me in my work with God, you know. For, another transition says, for he himself said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He himself said it. He said it himself. For God has said, you can put your name there. I will never fail you, Nina. I will never abandon you, Coyote. I will never fail you, Richard, I will never abandon you. <laughs> Tega, Candy. I was going to say Candy. She said Tega, Tega. <laughs> you know, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Put your name there. Personalize it. It's huge. He himself has said it. Like, like Pastor said, God is in it with us. Is in need with us. And, you know, we look at, you know, the choices made by a king, King Asa. I was going to title this, you know, um, the journey of Asa, but I, I chose with what, the word for, for, for us, which is what? Dare to what? To seek God. Am I going to see that in the story of Asa? 
You know, it, 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 if you read as an assignment, 2 Chronicles chapter four, chapters 14, 15, and 16. In fact, I want to encourage you, find someone today, tonight, that you will read this together. It can be on the phone. It can be, you read at different locations and you, uh, and you WhatsApp and, and, and share this scripture with someone. You'll be amazed that, you know, in addition to everything we're going to share today, that God is going to open up a whole treasure for you in Jesus' name. So if you look at First Chronicles 15, please, you need to get that on the screen. Like I said, I sent the notes in early today because I want to meet a particular target. So, but on thinking about, meditating about it, I began to get more, you know. So I'm putting some things that are not in the notes. <laughs> Second Chronicles 15, from verse 3. Second Chronicles, sir. Omar. I need it on the screen, yes. Thank you. We're going to read from 3 to 6. It says, For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them. But whenever they were in trouble, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out. And when they and sought him out, they found him. During those dark times, like many of us are going through a dark time, dark times, it was not safe to travel. Problems troubled the people of every land. Verse 6: nations fought against nation and city against city, for God was troubling them with every kind of trouble. In the case of Israel, it was actually God that was troubling them. But here comes a king, Asa, a young king. And his father didn't serve God. His mother, he was, he was raised by his grandmother. Yeah, we don't know what happened to his mother. He had 22 other brothers. Sons, I think there were 32 siblings from about nine women. So, and he was a young boy, and he was, he was now made the king. And Asa, actually, if you look at the context in which the king Asa was, Asa actually dared to seek God. And Asa dared to seek God. Why? Because there were 22 other brothers that were hoping he would make a mistake so that they can take the throne. They were surrounded with idols. The nation of Israel, every household had an idol that they imported from the neighboring countries. So for Asa to take a decision to seek God, he was actually taking a big risk. Big risk because what if God fails? Praise the Lord. What if God is not as dependable as he claims to be? What if God needs help along the way? What if it doesn't work out? Then Asa is in trouble. 
And we are going to see four choices that he made to seek God. And those four choices, there are four choices we have to make to seek God. And the first is this. If you are writing, the first choice is this. You must be willing to risk following God. Like we said, Asa was willing to risk following God. He heard that there's some God that is the God of Israel. Asa risked following God. He put his reputation on the line. He put his relationships on the line. He put even his heritage, as it were, on the line. And he took the risk of following God. Second Chronicles 14, verse 2. It says, Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord is God. So many times, if you really want to follow God, you, you, you need courage. Particularly in our, in our culture, you need courage to follow God. Everybody is saying, you have to go this way. The media is saying, you have to go this way. They say, if you don't go this way, you are, um, you are a bigot. They say, if you don't go this way, you are hateful. They say, if you, if you don't go this way, then you are... But it takes courage to say, this is the way of God, and this is where I'm going to pitch my tent. It takes courage not to adjust things to suit what the world is saying. It takes courage. It takes courage to stand even in your family for some of us. When everybody else is saying, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this, you have to do that. It takes courage to actually stand and say, no, I'm going to stand with Jesus. I'm not going to, I'm not going to toe that line. It takes courage. You've been trusting God from the fruit of the womb and they say, hmm, come and go to this Baba somewhere. You know, even the Baba calls the name of Jesus sometimes when he's in a good mood. And here you are, you've been trusting God and trusting God. It takes courage to stand and they say, no, I'm going to wait for God's time. It takes courage. It takes courage. You, you're looking for a job. And they say, ah, Sit down there. You better come and do this thing called Yahoo something. <laughs> you know, things will move fast for you. Come and do fraud. It takes courage to trust God for your finances. It takes courage. It takes courage. When they say that, oh, you want to marry a Christian. See, listen, there are not many. Whoever calls himself a Christian is a Christian. It takes courage to say, no, I'm going to wait for a child of God. It takes courage. It takes courage. It takes courage. To have a door open that will shut in your path. And to say, 
I will follow God even if it appears to be the longer path. Obviously, you will discover that it's the better path. It takes courage. It takes courage when your husband upsets you and you want to lash out at him and abuse him. And you say, no, I'm a child of God. I'm going to stay on the straight and narrow. It takes courage. It takes courage not to shout on your husband and abuse him. It takes courage not to give your wife body. You know what they call body? You are not, you, are, you just want to, you know, she runs her mouth too much. It takes courage to say, I'm a man of God. I'm not saying you're a pastor, right? But I'm a man of God in this house. I will not shove my wife. I will not. It takes courage. It takes courage. It takes courage for you to be here today. Many of us, we are tired. We've gone to work. Our bodies are, wants to just hit the bed. It takes courage to take the turn and come to church. It takes courage. And God is saying, for you and I to dare to seek God, we must be willing to risk following God. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. We need to be willing to remove the things that weaken our faith. We need to be willing to remove the things that weaken our faith. There are things that weaken our faith. There are things that make following God not so easy. There are things that make us weak. We need to remove them. I must say remove. Second Chronicles 13, sorry, 14, 3, 5, then 15, 8. Second Chronicles 14, 3, 5, and 15, 8. It says, he removed the foreign altars. He did what? He removed. He removed the foreign altars. And the high places smashed the sacred stones and cut down Asherah poles. You know, this thing he did was bold. This were things people worshipped. His father worshipped. His grandmother. Everybody. And he, because he, he wanted to follow the God that he didn't grow up serving, smashed everything. And he removed Again, the high places and the incense altars in every town in Judah. He removed the detestable idols from the whole land. From the whole land. So we, we need to remove the things that weaken our faith. So, question. So what are those things that weaken our faith? What are those things that weaken our faith? Quickly. What are those things that weaken our faith? What, in, from your experience, what are those things that you, you can say weaken our faith, weaken your spirituality, if you will? Um, when you have too much of those things, you, you, you discover that you don't, uh, um, 
your faith is not on fire. You don't, you don't pray as you used to pray. You don't you want to come to church as, as you ought to and all that. What are those things? Who can help us? Um, okay, give him the mic. For me, it's usually anger. Anger. Not even anger, wrath. Wrath. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and there's a scripture that says you should read yourself of wrath, of anger. So you need to get rid of it. You need to, get rid of it. You need to remove it. Yes, sir. What, what, what would you say is, is, is yours? Money. Money. Oh, fine. Give, give her the mic. When you have money, you don't pray. You don't want to be spiritual. You don't. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. So, so, some of us, but that's the truth. It's good to be honest with yourself. While money is neutral, right, some people just cannot handle it. And you need to pray that God will give you the grace to love him more than money, more than silver and gold. And it's so powerful. But if you discover that money is a challenge, then you, you, you want to... Let's see what, one of the counselors. Let's talk so that God can help you because... You know, I, I, going by the series we are going through, God doesn't really want you to be without it. <laughs> but God wants you to own it, not that the money will own you. Thank you, sir, for being honest. Who else? One more. What are the things? Yes, sir. Prolonged waiting, like hope deferred. Long waiting. waiting. Long waiting. Hope deferred make the heart sick, the Bible says. Okay, so... How do you remove it? And, and each one of those things, each one of these things are, they are um, salmons on their own. Believe me. How do you remove it? How do you take it out? The fastest way to take anything out is to replace it. So, the fastest way Take rot, for instance, is to replace that rot with the love of God and to choose the love of God. Okay, I'm just going to experiment it this time, for instance. Every time I have an opportunity to be angry and be so angry, every time I will choose to be um, um, insanely compassionate. Every time I have the opportunity to be insanely mad and angry, I will choose to be insanely compassionate. So, so let's say I'm, I'm upset with this water, and I'm saying I'm going to throw it away, I want to pour it away. I'm really angry with this water, I want to pour it away, but I'll be compassionate with the water, and I'll drink it. <laughs> I just go in the opposite direction. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so, so we need to get rid of idols and distractions. So for some of us, it's technology. Our phones are, are idols. You know, I mean, it's strange these days. You know, one of the inventions that I saw, um, head of rather, um, recently, is that they have docking stations for toilet seats. It's strange. That is, just take your phone to the toilet and charge it, you know, while you are there so that you can continue talking, and continue. It's just, you know, crazy. As, as, as harmless as TV can be, TV can become a problem. It can take away 
time and family time. It can't. As, 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 as powerful as internet is, the internet can take away family time. I remember recently, you know, at home, the internet wasn't working. And the internet, because the internet wasn't working, you know, usually in the living room, I'm on my whatever device. My wife is on a device. My daughter is on a device. We are talking to ourselves, but everybody is on their devices. But the internet was shut down. We were forced to play. And I said to her, that, can you see this even better? I was playing the keyboard. Everybody was around me. We were worshipping God together. Before I played the keyboard, that one is watching. And, you know, it's like, so the cutting off, we didn't cut it off. It stayed off for a while. And it helped. It was a distraction. Guess what? DSTV went off also. When DSTV came back, guess what? Our TV blew. Not that it blew. We had three HDMI ports. The three ports till today have stopped working. Maybe God is trying to send us a message. <laughs> Just call it to me that it may be a message. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, we don't have TV at home right now. But we are having a good time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, you know, sometimes this little things like money, like, you know, they, they, they can become a distraction. They can become an idol. And God says remove them. Remove them. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, quickly, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Let us keep our eyes fixed on who Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to the end. And Jonah 2.8 says that those who cling to worthless idols Turn away from God, from God's love for themselves. Those who cling to worthless idols, turn away from God's love for them. Those who cling to worthless idols, they miss out on God's love. We will not miss out on God's love in Jesus' name. So for us to choose to seek God, we must be willing to risk following him we must remove everything that weakens our faith. Number three, we must be willing to rethink our priorities. We must be willing to rethink our priorities. We must be willing to rethink our priorities. Second, um, okay, let me give you some time to write that. I must be willing to rethink my priorities. I must be willing to rethink my priorities. Second Chronicles 14.4 says, He, Asa, commanded Judah to seek the Lord. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to obey the laws and commandments. 
in 15:17, 2nd Chronicles 15:17, it says, Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all of his life. You know, that is interesting. Because at the end of, towards the end, he did something very foolish. We're going to see that, you know. So God wants us to make the choice, make the choice to rethink our priorities. God, many of us are worried about changing ourselves. For instance, if I, if I'm, if, if, if whatever it is that, that I need to choose away from, like I said, and choose God. We are worried about how big it is, how big my, maybe the anger thing, or maybe the money thing, or maybe the hope different thing, how big it is. We, we, how can I change? How can I, God has not told us to change ourselves. God has just told us to make the choice. When we make the choice, he makes the change. Praise the name of the Lord. Our own is to make the choice. God's own is to, is to do what? Is to make the change. So when we make the choice, God says, I will make the change. You make the choice. Move towards me. When you draw near unto God, it will do what? It will draw near unto you. Let's say you can take, um, your pace can be five feet. That is your own pace in drawing near to God. Five feet. And God takes his own step. How wide can that be? <laughs> <laughs> he covers every other thing, you know. So, when he says, draw near unto God and he draws near unto you, you make the choice, God will make the change. God will make the change. And, you know, if you had a choice, a chance to meet Jesus in person, and you need to ask one question, Jesus shows up, boom, he's here anyway. And you can ask your question. <laughs> we take them. But let's just assume you see him physically. And you want to ask a question. What would you ask him? You know, when I thought about this, I said, will I even ask anything? I just grabbed him, Joe. <laughs> I have no questions, Jesus. I just want to be where you are. But if you have a question, what will it be? And a man, I mean, had this opportunity, and I'm glad the, the question he asked Jesus. He asked Jesus, what is the most important thing I can do in this life? I'm paraphrasing. And Jesus says to him, Matthew 22, 37 to 38, Matthew 22, 37 to 38, Jesus says to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. We have to rethink our priorities. Who should be number one priority in our lives? It's God. It's God. So Jesus says to the guy, make God priority. Make God priority. Hosea 6.6, Living Bible, God speaking, says, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. 
I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. It's like you have a husband that never stays home and just sends you gifts. You want a car, he gives you a car. You want a wristwatch, he buys a wristwatch. But he, he, he doesn't have time to talk to you. You want to talk to him, he's busy, he's out. He comes back, he's busy, he's sleeping. You know? After a while, <laughs> you'll be like, God speaking, I don't want your sacrifices. I, don't, I want your love. I want your attention. I don't want your offering. I want you to know me. Do you know who you have married? I know you. You need human hair. Take. I know you. You need a wristwatch. Take. I know you. You need a car. A brand new car. Take it. And sometimes God is saying that's how we make him feel. Make him priority. So if we have to make the choices to seek God, we have to dare to seek God, we must, number one, be willing to risk following him. Number two, we need to remove the things that weaken our faith. Number three, we need to be willing to rethink our priorities. And number four, we need to rely on God's strength and resources. We need to rely on God's strength and resources. And, and this is what happened to Asa. You know, Ethiopia and Libya gathered together. When Asa began to seek God, what happened was God began to bless um, Judah. God began to bless the nation of Judah. And God, I mean, prospering, things were going well. They built an army of about 500,000 soldiers. Then Libya heard, Ethiopia heard, and they were like threatened, and they gathered together, the two nations, with over a million, an army of a million soldiers, and their main objective is to wipe out Judah. Their main objective. And Asa called to God, verse 11, 2 Chronicles 14, and Asa called to the Lord is God. He relied on God's strength and resources. He did not say, I have military might, I have military intelligence, I have 500,000 solid soldiers, I'm going to devise this plan. Asa called on the Lord is God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. The person that is saying the powerless has 500,000 soldiers. Think about it. Let's say you need to do something that is a million, a million naira, and you have 500,000 naira. When you go to God and you pray, will your prayer be, there is no one to help the, the powerless? Like, would that be your prayer? You say, God, I just need a little bit of help. I've got, I've, I've gone halfway. That's how the natural man will think. Oh, we, some people will not even go to God. They just go to the bank and say, you know what, I can pay this off in, in you know, no time. Just give me, you know, another 500. This is my 500. I've, I've done more than 20%, you know, that's my contribution. I can give you 50%. 
contribution. We say we rely on God, but many times we rely on our resources. Asa went to God and called himself powerless. Powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name, we have come against this vast army. You finish them there. Right there and there. Finish them. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere mortal prevail against our 500,000 soldiers. Is that what he said? Do not let mere mortal prevail against you. When you draw the line like this, victory is inevitable. Because it is not you. It is not your resources. For you to dare to seek God, you have to rely on God's strength and resources. And God promises four things. Three. We we'll look at three. Three, like I said, I have three down, you know, and I've sent in the outline, but the fourth one came. If we have time, we'll look at the fourth one also. But let's look at the three that we have down. Number one, three things that happen to the people that seek God. And we see those three things in Asa's life. Number one, God's presence will be with you. God's presence will be with you. Second Chronicles 15.5.2, it says, Listen to me, Asa and Judah. This was the prophet, the seer, speaking. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found of you. So when you seek God, he is with you when you are what? With him. If you seek him, he will be found of you. So the first benefit of seeking God is God's presence will be with you. Ah, praise the Lord. If God's presence is with you, I mean, if that's, that's all, that is enough, really. But God doesn't end there. Number two, because his presence is with you, God's protection will be over you. God's protection will be over you. God protected Asa for 35 years. 35. So what happened after 35 years? I'll tell you. Psalm 19, 14 and 15 says, The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. It says, when they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. God will rescue and honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus. This is what he says. Number three. Benefits of seeking God. God's rest will be given to you. Not only will his presence be with you, not only will his protection be over you, his rest will be your portion. God's rest will be your portion. Second Chronicles 15.15, 15, the NIV says, they sought God eagerly 
and he was found of them. As you seek God, you'll be found of him. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. And God will give you rest on every side in the mighty name of Jesus. Matthew 18, Matthew eleven twenty eight. you know, come unto me, all you that are weary and carry every and carry every burdens, and I will give you rest. Proverbs 5, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In how many of your ways? In all your ways, and he will direct your heart. You know, we, we read in Second Chronicles um, 15, 17, that Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord. All the days of his life, it seemed. But this is what happened. But Asa conquered Ethiopia and Libya and grew in territory, became powerful. Asa, king of Judah, looked at Israel. You know, the, the kingdom are divided after Solomon, right? So the kingdom of Israel was like a different nation than, than Judah. He now went, <laughs> amazing, to block off the trade route to Israel. But before he did that, he partnered with, a, with an Ethan king and said to the Ethan king, okay, you know what, let's have a deal. And entered a deal with the Ethan king that the Ethan king should attack Israel. That as the Ethan king is attacking Israel, Israel will not um, have the time to worry about the trade route. So he will now build a, a, a fortress, cutting off the trade route, obviously now conquering Israel. He did that, conquered Israel. His people were singing, Asa has done it again. The great king, the great warrior. <laughs> and it was bouncing. Then the word of the Lord came. Wow. Second Chronicles 16 from verse 7. You can put it up on the screen. No, no, not that. You get to that. You know, from, from, from verse 7. It says, I told you that I had more content as the day went by. It says, at that time, Anani, the seer, came to the king Asa, and told him, because you have put your trust in the king of Aram, that is Syria, instead of the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. He says, don't you remember what happened to Ethiopia and to Libya? No, God, when God gives us victories, God doesn't want us to forget. He wants us to remember. And their vast army with all their chariots and charioters. Don't you remember? At that time, you relied on the Lord 
and he handed them over to you. He handed them over to you. Stop there. And then we have the next verse in okay, maybe we should read it from the from from, from um, the Bible, verse nine. Take it up to verse nine. He says, you know, that was, that was when he said the scripture that is very popular that we read, that the eye of the Lord searched the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He says, But you have done foolishly. You what a fool you have been. From now on, you will have war. Wow. Praise the Lord. So, our greatest time of danger is actually our time of prosperity. Our greatest time when our hearts is at the greatest risk is actually when everything is going well. When things were not going well, this guy was seeking God, was relying on God, was pouring his heart, following God. I'm here to tell you, things are going to change for you for good and for better. In Jesus' name, never forget. Why? Because the God you are serving does not forget. He doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. So, so, so he's saying, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. In verse 15, verse 7, Asa's heart was fully committed and God showed up. But now, he relied on his strategy. He relied on his own thinking, on his own imagination. So, we need to seek God when we don't know what to do, and we need to seek God when we do know what to do. There are only two times to seek God. When you don't know what to do, seek God. When you think you know what to do, do what? Seek God. Those are the only two times to seek God. Every other time, don't seek God. Why? Because yesterday's victories don't determine today's successes unless they are connected to God. Yesterday's victories don't determine today's successes unless they are connected to God. We need to seek God when we don't know what to do and we need to seek Him when we do know what to do. Do we have any questions? <laughs> At the end of my teaching, <clears throat> glory be to God. Okay, if you have a question, you can raise your hand. Pastors are allowed to ask questions now. Yes, Pastor Judy, tell us. Number four. Oh, you want number four? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to finish by eight. It's people that you are tempting me to pass eight. <laughs> okay, let's go. <clears throat> so, number one is what? God's presence will be with you. Number two, God's protection will be over you. Number three, 
God's rest will be given to you. And number four, God's reward will be your portion. God's reward will be your portion. Second Chronicles 15.7. Second Chronicles 15.7. It says, you can put it up on the screen. Look for it. It's not on your notes, not on the outline. Second Chronicles 15.7 says, But as for you, be strong and courageous, for, the, for your work will surely be rewarded. Amen. So God's reward will be your portion. As for you, be strong and courageous. Many times we are walking and we are thinking, oh, we got, when will this, you know, like Pastor Richard was saying, um, hope deferred, you know, oh, I'll be faithful. When is this thing going to happen? This is the word for you. As for you, Olufemi Monei, be strong and courageous for your work will be rewarded. Put your name there. Let's read together. As for you, Olufemi Monei, be strong and courageous for your work will be rewarded. Amen. That's number four. <laughs> okay. So, any questions? Yes, sir. Keep the hands up until you get the mic. Okay. Any other person? Let me see your hands up so that... Um, okay. Tell me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, last last uh, three weeks ago, right. Deborah asked you that uh, is choosing, I mean, serving God can a woman being choose to serve God? And you said, yes. As in, to serve God or not to serve God. But yes. you said we can choose God yes. to yes. serve God. But I was really struggle with that since then. Because uh, I think serving God has to do with a lot of reward. And yes. for us not to serve God, a lot of punishments are We lose out, it. yeah. So, and there are some... Uh, uh, Many people in the Bible that they choose not to okay, stop. So what, what's the question? Or what's your, what's the your question point? is uh, I need to like explain that to me because I've I've been really struggling with that. What um, are you struggling with? As in, can a woman being choose not to serve God? Ah, okay. They don't look very far. Where are you seated? Uh, okay. Ask the people in front of you whether they are serving God. Or people behind you. You see people that are choosing not to serve God. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I mean, but there are people here that are not serving in any way. Not like that, not like you have to serve in church to serve God, but you know, some people are serving God in on on Twitter and on their blog. Yeah, some people are, you have blogs that yeah, you know, and it's glorifying God. So people are choosing. Yes, people can. Otherwise, why on the last day, why would there be judgment? Why would there be reward? If, if we don't choose, we choose. Or maybe I'm not getting the question. You didn't get the question, sir. Well, can you choose I, not to serve? What I'm saying is, uh, can, because, you, can yeah. you choose not to obey God? Oh. Yeah, it's like, like uh, go to Nineveh. I can't go to Nineveh. Yes, There you is can. reward for it. Yes. As in Jonah aspect. Yes. Then we talk about the guy that uh, Jesus told to, okay, follow me. That right. is a task collector. But when Jesus stopped, I watched the clip. 
that the guy stood up, then he followed him. And what I'm saying is, it, it is not like uh, we should choose. We don't have a choice. We choose not to have a choice. Choice to serve God because a lot of any 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 commandment that uh, punishments is attached to it is not a choice. It's a command. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get you. I get you. So it's actually foolishness not to. So if I say that uh, um, clean this floor, I'm going to give you five naira. Don't clean it. I'm going to flog you. In other words, I'm not giving you a choice. You have to sweep the floor and get the reward. But if you don't choose it, you still get uh, the punishment. Thank you. Yes. One, two, and we are done. Anybody else? Okay, so let's take that. If you have the mic, you can go ahead. Yeah. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. Um, my question is um, in terms of interceding for someone that is going through something. Um, I, I have a friend who is going through um, something really serious. Mm. And I don't know. For me, I want to, you know, I will intercede for them. But I, it's so scary because I don't know if my faith, I, I expect them to also believe. But I, I don't know, like, what I should do to lift them up because they are going through a lot, even though I'm adding my faith to it. Okay, so your question is, what else can I do apart from interceding for them? Well, apart from it, I, I, my fear is my intercession, it might not, it, it might not yield the results because they, they are, need to respond they, they in to, a certain yeah, way. They need to respond to, in a certain get, way. Okay. So, okay. Um, so you, want to, you want to pray that God will give you utterance and open a door for you to point them in that direction, you know? Most times when you pray sufficiently, that opportunity comes and, and take it. It may not even be you. You know, God may, may be somebody else, you know, but yes, they need to take action. I agree. Thank you. Good evening, sir. Good, Good evening, evening, church. Now, um, I'd like to um, refer to what um, the gentleman was saying. Okay. Um, from my understanding of what he was saying, he's saying that um, it's strange, or I'm thinking he's saying that it's strange that um, anyone would choose not to obey God, being that, you know, the reward is clear-cut. But in the Bible, in the Old Testament, you know, there are references to kings after even Solomon that chose continually to go against God, to worship strange idols, for example, Jeroboam. And, you know, many times in the Bible, reference is made to the fact that I will punish you because you went in the, you know, you did as Jeroboam did, right. you know. So I, I think that um, God desires that we, we choose to serve him because he has given us the choice. Right. So, um, fine, it's, it, it's, we can never understand or grasp the extent or the reasons why man will opt out of, you know, worshipping a God that has done so many things for them. Right. But I think it does happen. It does. Where, you know, man would see that this is good, but they would go contrary to that, you know. And so I think in, in that sense, we can't really box God. His ways are beyond reasoning. Why did God say he would harden the heart of Pharaoh? When Pharaoh could see that <laughs> this God is not 
like the gods that are, you know, that we know. Yet, okay. you know, Pharaoh chose to, you know. Amen. Yes, you know, so, amen. So, praise God. <laughs> you are about to open another chapter there. <laughs> Don't let us go there. Okay. I just, um, you, you know, you know, John 3, you know, when it says, for God so loved the world, that he sent his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know, he went on to say that this is, God did not send his son to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But he says, this is the judgment, this is the condemnation. A light came to the world, and men preferred darkness rather than light. You know, so they judged themselves, you know, by their choice, you know, already. Okay, so <clears throat> our commitments before we pray. So today, if you choose to, you could say, I commit to seek God in every area of my life when I don't know what to do and when I do know what to do. So let's turn out to a prayer. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads and let's say to the Lord, today, Father, I commit to seeking you in every area of my life. When I don't know what to do, I commit to seek you. And when I do know what to do, or when I think I know what to do, I still commit to seek you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, let's talk to God. Let's, let's, let's speak to him. Father, we thank you. Let's talk to him. Talk to him. A part of my soul, I give you full control. You may be here, and your, your, your thought is, Father, can I even come back to you, or can I get born again? Can I can I have a relationship with you? Can I start a relationship with Jesus today? That is you. That is you. You want to start a relationship with God? I say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You are like, Pastor, pray with me. That is me. Put up your hand over your head. I will pray together. God bless you. Shoot it up over your head. God bless you. Over there. I don't have hand there. I don't have hand there. Not on your head. Just put it up. Slip it up. God bless you, sir. I'm going to give you a card. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand. That's all I require of you right now. And talk to God. Say to God, help me. Anybody else? Pastor, pray with me. I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to come back to him. My life is, God bless you. Keep the hands up. I want to commit my life to you, Jesus. Talk to him if you have the card. The rest of us, let's just open our hearts to him and say to him, I choose to seek you, my father. When I don't know what to do, I choose to seek you even when I do know what to do. Oh, I open my heart. I open my life to you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. We pray for everyone that is surrendered to you, my Father. 
we ask that you lay your hand upon them and, and save and deliver them. Start a new chapter of your life today. The chapter that begins with your victories. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Let's put our together for the Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your kindness. Amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.